1: Welcome back to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes-y, uh there's money on the table, and uh, looks like uh, another pre-arbitration uh, extension is out there for a young superstar, a young budding superstar, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. and the Kansas City Royals uh, agreed on a, uh, a big contract extension for the young player. That should, you know, if he if he finishes out this contract, it keeps him in Kansas City for uh, the rest of his career. Uh, and pays him quite handsomely.
0: Yeah, uh, it's raining money in Kansas City, Joe. And who would have figured? Uh, this is, uh, you know, Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, signs an 11-year, $288 million deal uh, that includes opt-outs in after year seven, eight, nine, and 10. And if there is no opt-out, there's uh, there's a three-year option. On the back of that, worth eighty nine million, which could make the total deal fourteen years for three hundred seventy seven million dollars. That's not bad. I think he's doing okay right now.
1: No, and and let's first look at you know why Bobby Witt Jr. got a deal like this. I mean, it, the the season that he had, the the two years that he's he's put up uh, since debuting against Cleveland uh, back in uh, the first weekend of of twenty twenty two. Uh, he has been, uh, you know, a top performer in the American League, and and last year you really saw the the switch sort of flip. Uh, he put up a, a 5.7 uh, WAR wins a wins above replacement uh, according to Fangraphs. Uh, he figured things out defensively, and and he's uh, he's an absolutely a five-tool player right now.
0: Yeah, the best player I saw last year, Joe. I thought best overall player. I probably should say hit 276. Uh, 28 doubles, led led the big leagues with 11 triples, 30 homers, 96 RBIs, uh, 40 stolen uh, 40 stolen bases or uh, yeah, 49 stolen bases. So he's a 30-30 guy in his second year in the big leagues. Uh, just he can run, he can field, he's he's uh, he's fun to watch. And uh, you know, this is uh, if you're gonna build a team, this is a this is a pretty good uh, cornerstone to start with.
1: Yeah, that that's the thing is I think Kansas City there is is recognizing that he's the kind of guy that you build around and you put pieces uh, around him and uh you know there might have been some uh you know discussion about is he a shortstop is he a third baseman can he move around the diamond really I mean he proved last season that that he's a a big league shortstop and he's that guy to play that premier position so uh, you know that that's that's going to make that contract and it's going to make those dollars You know, go up even higher.
0: Yeah, and there's probably an ulterior motive here, too, with uh, John Sherman, the owner, who, you know, former minority owner in Cleveland. Um, You know, he wants to build a new stadium down in downtown Kansas City. Uh, And this is, you know, the ballot is the vote on public funding is coming up here shortly. And uh, this is a good way to get people's attention and get them to the ballot box. And if you want, if Kansas City uh, citizens want a new ballpark, I think uh, having Bobby Wood to uh, watch for the next 14 years is a pretty good incentive.
1: Yeah, it's a good connection and, a, you know, a good thing. Uh, you know, it might not be a great thing for the Guardians because they're going to have to try to figure out ways to get this guy out. Uh, probably for the next 11 to 14 years, uh, he could become a, a serious problem for Cleveland uh, in the division.
0: Oh, no doubt about it, Joe. Uh, but you know the Royals still have a long way to go. People are, you know, I'm I'm reading, uh, you know, previews, listen to the TV, uh, you know, and radio, and people think uh, the the Royals are going to make a big jump in the AL Central this year. I'm not sure that's true. You know, they did lose 106 games last year. That's a hard obstacle obstacle to get around. But they've been busy. They've been uh, they've had a busy, busy winter. They've added uh, guys like Adam Fraser, Seth Lugo, M- uh, Michael Waka, uh Will Smith, Chris Stratton, Hunter Renfro. So they've been busy. They've and now they've got you know uh, now they've got wit you know uh, in in the in the fold for a long time. Uh, so they're building. They're trying to turn this thing around. And, uh, you know, I think they're in, in a division that's so wide open, Joe, perhaps they can make a move. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but they're, they're probably better than 106 lost ball club.
1: Yeah, they're going to need things to come together for them. I, I can see them maybe struggling out of the gate a little bit uh, as they get to know each other. But, uh, you know, if things come together with all those veterans that they've added that, that you just mentioned, uh you know it's sort of a, an opposite approach to what the uh, the guardians have done trying to build from within uh promote young players and and develop them at the big league level and uh you know they're they're bringing in some guys who are, are veterans who have something to prove in a couple of cases uh a guy like a Hunter Renfro like you mentioned so uh yeah it, it, it there's potential there for them to, to to make a jump but uh you know who knows it, it, the one thing we know for sure is that Bobby Wood Jr is going to be the anchor of that uh uh, that club for a, a good long time moving forward. And, uh, you know, that it leads us to, to sort of think about and, and, you know, ponder this whole situation, uh, this new trend, I guess, and it's been trending. we've mentioned it before about these, these pre-arbitration extensions for young players who, you know, have either not yet even made their de- uh, major league debut. We've seen that with, uh, uh, the, the kid in, um, in Milwaukee, uh, Jackson Churio. You know, getting an extension uh, already. We saw that. Uh, uh, you know, as far back as uh, you know Wander Franco with with the Rays, uh, there have been several of these uh, you know pre-arbitration eligible players to sign long-term extensions, multi-multi million dollar extensions uh, for for several years uh, to stay with these clubs. And you know, if you're the if you're the young player, I I, I can absolutely understand why uh, somebody. Plops a bag of money down on uh, on the table in front of you. You're you're signing that contract, uh, no matter you know which team it is or how long the the terms are or what. Uh, what are the motivations for maybe some of these teams? I mean, I could see signing Corbin Carroll. You know, uh, this is a guy who it's obvious to everybody uh, the, the the talent he has. Uh, but what are what are the motivations for these teams, and what are the risks that these teams are assuming? when they do sign these guys like that?
0: Well, Joe, I think uh, the motivation is talent, uh, that, uh, you know, you you spot the talent early, you want to get it under contract, you want to end the uh, suspense, you know, the year-to-year bumping heads in arbitration, the approach of free agency. And right now, uh, 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 you know, Witt is one of set, only seven players who have signed nine-figure deals with less than two years Of service time, the other guys are Fernando Tatis, who you mentioned, Julio Rodriguez, Wander Franco, Mike Trout, Corbin Carroll, and Robert Acuna. And like you said, there's upside and there's downside. You know. Tatis definitely downside with that you know they you know they kind of missed him for about two years they had to move him off shortstop you know he's still a very you know a wonderful player to watch but there's a gap there and uh, you, you, you have to be wondering if you're San Diego did we did we give this kid too much too soon but then there's Julio Rodriguez. Mike Trout, Corbin Carroll, Acuna, you know, you know, all, you know, kind of so far those deals look good. And then there's Wander Franco, you know, probably the worst case scenario who's who's not even in, you know, he can't even play baseball right now, you know, with uh, with uh, his legal problems in the Dominican Republic.
1: Yeah, Wander Franco uh, under investigation for uh, his his relationships with with uh, underage. Uh, uh, teens and we'll, uh, you know, we'll continue to monitor that. But you, you kind of gotta maybe look at that as an anomaly. Hopefully, that's the like you said the worst case scenario, and that's not what happens when when you start giving guys who are uh, in their early twenties, uh, eleven year, 182 million dollar deals like they did uh, Franco back in 2022. Uh, but but then you look at the other side of things and you look at. Uh, a guy like a Spencer Strider, who uh, got six years, seventy-five million uh, last season from the um, from the Braves. You know that day, the dollar figure doesn't uh, you know jump off the page or, or as as much as uh, you know three hundred seventy-seven million for for Witt. But uh, you know they they locked up Spencer Strider for six years. Uh, and and now uh, you know they've got a guy who who looks like he's going to be a dominant starter for you know all of those six years.
0: Yeah, Joe, and you know I think the, those seven names that I mentioned with the nine figure you know, uh, contracts, they're all position players. So that should tell mm-hmm. you something, you mm-hmm. know, that the risk inherent is less with position players than it is with pitchers. And that's probably explains why, you know, Strider got, uh, you know, fewer years and less money. I mean, still a king's fortune, don't get me wrong. But, you you know, pitchers are one always one pitch away from going on the IL.
1: Right, yeah. The other uh, name that's up there in terms of a similar deal to Strider uh, Hunter Green signed a six-year, uh, $53 million deal, uh, I, I believe, with the Reds. Um, and, and that was in 2023 as well. So, yeah, you don't really see the the pitchers uh, getting deals like that. And as we look down this list of, uh, you know, some of the – over the last two or three seasons, these pre-arbitration deals uh, that have been signed by guys, uh, uh, there are a few Guardians players on this list. You know, there are guys who – uh, have been extended and uh, the guardians have made those deals uh, uh miles straw Trevor Stephan, uh emmanuel Classe, and andres jimenez uh you know and that's a that's a pretty uh, diverse group of uh you know performers in terms of what we're looking at uh so far in, in, into these deals uh, S- uh straw obviously uh, a guy who got what five years and uh, what, 20, 25 20, million? Or yeah, 20, 25 million. Five years, 25 million, uh, in, in 2022. And I, I think, uh, over just watching straw over the last two seasons, I don't think there's, there's anybody who would, uh, you know, step out and say, hey, that was a good deal, uh, for the club when, when they did sign him.
0: Yeah, no, uh, he has struggled the last two years, Joe. But he's not breaking the bank. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's not like a, a millstone around the around the club. I mean, you can you can deal with it. You can make him a fourth outfielder. You're going to survive that, or you know, you can hope he comes back and and plays like he did when he first came over in the trade with Houston. Uh, so it's not a it's not a deal breaker, a franchise breaker.
1: Right uh stefan uh you know looked like um you know this was a, a a great deal for uh the guardians to sort of give them a uh an anchor uh you know somebody in the in the bullpen to sort of build around uh in the late innings uh and and he's been pretty good uh when after signing that deal uh four years 10 million dollars uh in in 2023 uh you know he, he sort of had, had some hiccups but has, has looks like he's He's figured things out there uh, in in the bullpen as well.
0: Yeah, you know, I think he pitched with a bad back last season uh, that affected him a little bit. He could still pitch, but he wasn't, uh, you know, at 100%. And we saw him struggle, you know, in the eighth inning. And, uh, so, you know, hopefully he's healthy this year. But it's still, you know, it's still not the kind of deal that's going to sink you. You know, it's still, when he's pitching well, you know, it's a deal, you know, that, that is equal to his talent
1: and you look at the uh the, the class A deal and and now uh that that class A uh contract that that, that he signed uh the extension is 5 years 22 million dollars signed in 2022 uh but it's it's one of the most affordable for a pitcher of his caliber and it makes him actually a a a bit of a trade chip right now uh because they can probably get value for Uh, a a guy uh, shopping into a team that you know understands hey we only owe this guy a total of 20 million dollars over the next you know three years uh it based on you know what this contract says they they can get a lot more for uh you know what class a is able to produce if they decide to trade him
0: yeah um you know and especially you know in in the light of you see haters signed for ninety seven million uh then you with Houston you see the the extension Diaz got with the Mets over hundred million you know both closers uh you know and Class A has led the big leagues in saves over the last two years with eighty plus uh it is a remarkable club friendly deal. Joe. Uh, but you know, I don't blame uh class A for taking it, you know, just, just think where this kid came from. He's been, he's already been traded three times. You know, he came to Cleveland after the, uh, the, uh, Kluber deal with Texas, uh, right away, he hurts his shoulder in spring training. Then he gets banged for PEDs and misses the whole 2020 year. Um, so I think, uh, I'm You know, if you're class a class, you're going to take the money when they offer it to you, and you're still going to live forever, you know, uh, on, on with, with that kind of dough. If you're smart with it, if your agent is smart with it, you can, uh, after you retire, you can sit on the beach for a while.
1: Uh, Cleveland's uh, biggest pre-arb deal so far is the $106 million extension uh, signed by Andres Jimenez. Uh, what do you make of where that deal is right now in terms of, uh, value to the uh to the club. I mean, this is still uh a premier defender in the American League. He's the the Platinum Glove winner, a uh, two-time Gold Glove winner, and last year uh the the offensive numbers might not have have stacked up to where uh um you know, they were the the first year of the deal, but uh you know, 8 years, 106.5 million for Jimenez, uh and and there's still something in there. I I think they got to believe that.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. This is this is a good deal. I think this is a win-win for the player and the organization. Um, you know, he's he uh, you know, he's had two two solid years offensively. He slipped a little bit last season, but uh Joe, they they paid him 1 million in 2000 uh uh 23. They're going to pay him 5 million in 24, 10 million in 25, 15 million in 26, 23 million in 27 you know, 28, uh, 23 million, 29, 23 million. Then there's, you know, so, uh, you know, he's, you know, the 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 deal obviously is backloaded, allows the club to add players if they want to. And, uh, you know, Mendez is still doing okay. So, you know, it's still, you know, I, I think it, it helps both clubs. He, I mean, both parties, you know, the the uh, the, the team gets cost-certainty, you know, in in the early years of the deal, and uh, Jimenez gets security.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's big for the player, and and really, Andres Jimenez does not strike you as the kind of guy who who will will sign a deal like that and then just you know not give you the effort that you're expected commensurate with that uh, that kind of a contract. Uh, he he really does uh, feel like the kind of guy that you help build a, a club around. Uh, you know, once once you sign him into that deal. Uh, I I want to take a, a second to mention to our listeners: Hey, if you're uh, if you want to find out uh, the latest on any of these contracts, any of these player deals, uh, any of the negotiations that uh, are are going on during spring training, could be going on during spring training, uh, check out our uh, subscription service, our subtext, uh, join guardian subtext at cleveland.com/subtext, or go to um, uh, or send a text message to two one six 208-4346 uh, to sign up. It's $399 a month to get text messages from me and Hoinesy uh all throughout the season. And uh we'd love to hear from you uh, sending texts back to us uh, with questions and uh your observations as well. Uh just looking at this, this trend of pre-arb extensions and uh, you know the the big money that goes out there to these players who haven't really you know, yet proven themselves as consistent at the big league level, but you know the talent evaluators say, you know, Corbin Carroll, Gunnar Henderson, these are the guys that that get these big deals, and um, you know, they're they sort of say, hey, this is he's got whatever it is he's got it, and and that's what you want to lock up for those those uh, years. Uh, do the Guardians have any potential candidates uh, for a deal like that? Uh, you know, is there you know, could Bo Naylor break out uh this year and, you know, hit his way into uh some sort of an extension or some sort of deal? Uh and, and would that be a, a way to to maybe force uh, Josh Naylor to 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 sit down at the table and negotiate a, a contract as well. Uh are there any candidates that the, the Guardians have uh that, that could be up for uh, a, a pre-arb deal, uh, you know, beyond the, the four guys that we mentioned.
0: Oh yeah, Joe, I think, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head with Bo Naylor. I think he's a prime candidate, but like you said, it's, it's a tricky situation. You know, it's a, uh, kind of the family affair. Uh, you know, does, if, if you take your, if you take, if, Bo decides to sign an extension. Does does is Josh do you, does Josh is Josh part of the deal and vice versa? If Josh decides to sign an extension, does Bo get an extension? So I don't think you know that's something you know uh, teams usually don't have to deal with. A guy like a guy to me, uh, Joe, like Stephen Kwan. You know mm-hmm. you're you're in, right in the uh, kind of two years in. He's got four years left to, to free agency. Uh, you know, one year uh, to go in uh, for uh, arbitration. You know, is he interested in an extension? Do do the guardians want to extend him? Another guy, uh, uh, you know, Tanner Bybee, This, this seems like uh, you know we we've talked about them being you know teams usually being a little reluctant to go real long term with pitchers, but you know, Bybee is is you know came out a breakout year last year. He would be an interesting candidate to me. The same with Logan Allen and Gavin Williams. Uh, you know, do you take? Do you want to see a little more of them if you're the Guardians, or do you strike now and when when they may be uh, more uh, compliant to a uh, an extension?
1: Yeah, and you know, you've already really taken care of your bullpen situation. There aren't really, you know, too too many arms uh, out there that that uh, you necessarily would even need to lock up. Uh, beyond, uh, guys like, uh, uh Stefan and, uh, Class A. But I think you got to take a look at Sam Henches and what he's been able to do over the last two seasons when he's healthy. Uh, he has been so, uh, dominant when things are going right. Uh, I, I think maybe Sam Henches is a guy you would, you maybe offer him something comparable to what you did, uh, Trevor Stefan and, and see if he'd be willing to, to sit down and take that.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good point, Joe, and you know, he was hurt in spring training, he knows what it's, you know, like to be on on the IL and on the other side and kind of worried about your career. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it you know, it it's a battle that I think it's a, a decision that, you know, players weigh all the time when uh, you know, they are approached with multi-year deals, do I take the security now? And I know, you know, at the end of the deal, I'm going to, you know, I'll probably get shortchanged or do I play it out year by year? You know, Cleveland is the organization that really started this, Joe, back Mm -hmm. in the 1990s. They they engineered this whole thing. They founded it with, you know, Kenny Lofton and Albert Bell and Sandy Alomar and Carlos uh, Carlos Baerga, they started, you know, signing players before, you know, before they were eligible for arbitration, signing them to long-term deals, and the practice is still going on. So so
1: from your perspective, obviously, when, when they started doing that back in the 90s, you know, what did you think of that? Because that was not the way baseball had been been run for for so long. And now that it's developed into this, what do you think of this? What's your gut reaction when you see <coughs> – you know, players who really haven't proven it out on the field. I mean, they they've proven it. You know what they are, but they haven't done it over a long stretch. This is one or two years in, and you're you're giving them all this money. What's your Hoynesy? What's your reaction to to seeing all these these young guys, uh, you know, get locked up like this and and get this get these bags of money?
0: Yeah I think it's it's good if the player goes into it with his eyes wide open if he's not being pushed by an agent that's looking for a quick uh, you know a quick deal and and to get his percentage I think uh, it's good, you know, if the player knows, okay, I'm getting security now, but I'm at, at the back end of this deal, I'm going to, you know, it's going to hurt me because m- my peers are going to be, if th- that go one one by one, or they're going to use my contract to uh, leave fraud, to turn it into a bigger contract, you know, that's all part of the game. So they have to be aware of that. And uh, I think it's a good practice. When it started, Joe, when the, when the Indians started this in the nineties, you know, the union was screaming bloody murder, murder, MLB, you know, the players association. Now it's just part of the game. The thing, the thing that surprises me, Joe, is uh, I think the bigger risk is when you sign a guy like Cheerio, you've never seen him in the big leagues. Brewers yeah. signed him for what? Eight years, 82 million. The Tigers just signed Colt Keith, you know, uh, uh, for uh, six years and $28 million. And these guys haven't played in the big leagues yet. So, you know, that, that to me is the bigger gamble than to, uh, you know, sign in multi-year deals with guys that aren't yet eligible for arbitration, because at least you've seen those guys in the big leagues.
1: Right. But, you know, we've seen uh, over the last several years, over the last two to three years, uh, uh, this trend has, has really sort of picked up. And, uh, the game is get, is getting younger. There there's a lot more young talent debuting earlier uh, in, in just in the last several years. There are uh, a number of guys. There's you know there's probably a, a, a dozen players out there right now who are the next guys in line for this. Francisco Alvarez from the Mets, the young catcher up there. You know a hot, big big prospect. He made his debut last year uh Josh Young from the the Rangers I mean the year that he put up last year he should have been uh you know first second third in line uh with the with a a a bag uh, open just uh, waiting for you to you know, dump cash into it uh uh from the Rangers uh the way they spend money Tristan Cassis from the Red Sox uh Ellie De La Cruz I mean the guys that MLB uh is is trying to build campaigns around uh for their their marketing. Ellie De La Cruz is the perfect candidate for something like that. If you're the Reds, you you want that guy locked up, don't you? You you want to you want to spend money there. Uh Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, George Kirby from the Mariners, uh and you know, even a guy like uh a Paul Skeens who was just drafted uh number 1 uh last year by the Pirates, uh but you know, this is a guy who could come out and and be uh, you know, the real deal on the mound and, and you know, the Pirates might want to say, hey, before you even uh, throw a pitch in the majors, uh, let's let's sit down and talk and, and see what we can work out, uh, because uh, he's, he's going to be able to 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 sort of command that sort of attention. And I think that's part of one of the reasons why you you lock these guys up is 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 that
0: attention. Yeah, Joan, There's another thing involved. I think when you sign a player like a uh, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, you and uh, his teammates look at that, and most of his teammates are younger guys, and they say, "Well, we know Witt is going to be here." You know, we know they're serious about building a, a, a better ball club. Uh, you know, this is something we want to be a part of. So it it builds that chemistry. It builds that 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 unity of a, on a club. And you know, that's what you saw in in the 1990s when uh, the the, the uh, Indians did this. You know, Lofton and Bayerga and even Albert Bell and you know so many others, uh, Alomar and you know they they all signed those things together and and they kind of that bonded them together it made for a you know kind of a you know it really created a good chemistry a good flow in the clubhouse and you saw what happened on the field
1: yeah and like you said it bonds the player to the um uh to the fan base as well i mean there was a video of a uh, a little girl in kansas city whose favorite player was bobby witt jr and you know the i saw a tweet where uh her her dad told her that um you know he's going to be with the club for for a long time now, and and she was so happy. So, uh, you know that 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 goes into it as well as as you're, you're you're bonding these these players to the fan base, and they don't have to worry about hey, uh, after three years of arbitration, uh, <laughs> the Guardians are either going to trade you because they can't afford you, or uh, or you're going to walk as a free agent. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, that's that's something that uh, you know you have to consider. Can think about if they could have signed Francisco Lindor to one of these kind of extensions uh, after his first or second year. And, and, and you know, given him, uh, I don't know, at, at the time, uh, $300 million would have been outrageous uh, back then. But, uh, you know, 10 years, something like that, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about, uh, you know, the, how uh, the, the perception of this club as uh, not being able to, to go out and spend. Uh, because th- you would have that that Francisco Lindor, and you you would have Francisco Lindor, and that would be a a big problem solver as well.
0: Yeah, and, and Joe, I think it all depends on the player. You know, uh, does the player is he satisfied in one place? Is he satisfied with the team that surrounds him, or is he looking for the for a fi- you know the, the big payday? You know, uh, Lindor was looking for the payday. He loved Cleveland, but money was driving him. Uh, and he got his money in with the Mets. Uh, but, you know, and you see just the opposite. Uh, the guy at third base, Jose Ramirez, you know, he took less to stay in Cleveland because he wanted to stay in Cleveland. I think uh, Jose is probably the rarer of those of <laughs> the rarer of yeah. the two players, you know, every, you know, because these guys, they have a short career. When they get to the free agency, they've earned it, so they've got to take a look around. And you can't blame them. But Jose was is a different guy.
1: Yeah, it's a, he's definitely the uh, the exception uh, to this rule. Okay, Hoenzi, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the uh, the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I thought it was a, a pretty good discussion about the uh, uh, the this uh, pre-arbitration trend and how it how it has impacted Cleveland and how it will impact Cleveland now moving forward. Uh, considering this Bobby Witt uh, signing. Uh, We'll get back with you again uh, Wednesday. we got to start looking ahead to uh, uh, spring training. We're about a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting, uh, starting to get exciting. Good deal, Joe.